the Here Be Dragons podcast, your podcast to those kitesurfing spots that are off the beaten track, and in case we cover a spot that is on the beaten track, we will give a new spin to it. Enjoy the show! Hello friends and welcome to the Here Be Dragons podcast, the best podcast to the most amazing kite and windsurfing spots on the planet. Today we're going to take you to a place which also has for me an emotional attachment. We're going to take you to Sumatra, to the very northern tip of Sumatra, which is Aceh. Uh, Why an emotional attachment? My mother was actually born in Sumatra. I visited the place not for kite surfing, but to travel around. Um, We're talking to Maurice from Seabreeze Kite Club and he will explain in detail what the sport is all about. What was also interesting for me was how good actually the connections are to Banda Aceh from major airports in Southeast Asia, so from Jakarta, Medang, uh, also from uh, other places. So there's actually a very good connection to Banda Aceh. So definitely also a consideration to combine it with a holiday in Southeast Asia or in Indonesia itself. Okay, as always, in the show notes, you can find some videos, some links to videos, and of course, a link to a Google map where you can find the pinpoints of the spots we're talking about with the timestamps at what time in the podcast we speak about those. And now, without further ado, I give you Maurice. Today I have the pleasure to welcome Maurice from Seabreeze Kite Club on the podcast. Uh, Maurice, together with his wife Joanna, are the owners of Seabreeze Kite Club. They operate a kite school, including accommodation and rental, on three locations. The location we will cover today is Aceh, in all the way in the north of Sumatra. They also have two other locations where they operate in the Philippines. And maybe we have a chance afterwards at the end of the podcast to shortly talk about those two destinations as well. Maurice, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so, Maurice, first of all, uh, yeah, uh, as a matter of disclosure, we're fellow countrymen. So uh, we both... Uh, wanted to do this in Dutch, but for our audience, we decided to do it in English. Um, Maurice, tell me, before we start diving into what Seabreeze Kite Club does, what you offer, and what uh, and, and uh, the details about Aceh, tell me a little bit about yourself, and, and especially how did you end up opening a kind center in Aceh? I love it because the podcast covers the more unusual kite surfing destinations but uh, what did you ma- what made you decide to to open up a kite school in Aceh? yeah what did i think uh, at that time um so uh, basically my background is uh, i'm a teacher kite surfing teacher for about 12 years um i started in the dominican republic in cabarete i learned it from laurel eastman kiteboarding school um stayed there worked there for about three to four years 
And then after that, we started basically together to travel the world and, you know, build up our expertise and uh, saw many other spots like Vietnam, Greece, uh, Thailand, etc. And on one point, you will come to that point that you think like, well, okay, hold on. There's so many spots everywhere in the world, um, but everybody's always located to, you know, the, the big crowd pullers. Uh, why not on the other spots where basically nobody is? And then I heard about Aceh and, and I let that idea go via a friend of me. And uh, I, I looked at it for about, I don't know, four months or something. I looked at like wind directions. I looked at uh, online like... Did people go there, like infrastructure, how does it work with uh, the, you know, how to get there? And um, then I let the idea go and then I thought like, okay, but it kept on bugging me in my head constantly. And after a while, I was in Vietnam, I think it was, um, I decided, okay, good, I go for it. And uh, basically from that point onwards, uh, the rest is history. Um, we've been here now for the fourth year Okay. and, um, in four years, yeah, we build out, uh, to three other locations, including like what you said before. Um, but actually, yes, um, uh, is Indonesia. It has very strong wind. Um, it's a Northern tip. It has a cap, so it will just scatter like, uh, like a sort of venturi effect. Yes. And, uh, it is still in the trade winds. So, um, we do get a trade wind. That, uh, let me let me short you ask you about the um, the wind. So, first of all, what are the best months to get that? So, first of all, let's say so it's the trade winds, but they don't they're not like the typical trade winds coming from the east. They make a bend over Sumatra, yeah. isn't it? So they come from the south southwest. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, they make a they make a they make a turn yes exactly and it just hits us um and that's why uh and because of the layout of uh for instance uh where we are on our spot uh we have uh we have wind but if you go more towards the south you will not have wind, wind yeah. it is pure yeah that's really really awkward but uh we do have a funnel because it funnels through the mountains and it will only enhance it Okay, so it comes partially over land over the middle of Sumatra through the, and then it makes the turn on the top of the on the on the north. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it comes well. It comes over the sea and then uh, over the sea and then it comes uh, goes over the land and it will funnel. Yes. So is it typical trade wind? So the months starting are like May, June. Yeah, that's the month. So. In May, you have like three days of wind. June, you have four days of wind. And then July, August, you have five, six days of wind. Yeah, you can say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. However, now, since last year, we had an awesome season. We had about 86 uh, days in a row of wind. Um, and now it started again to do the same trick as last year. So it starts in May. Uh, it will say, like for kiters, they will know about roughly about say between 10 and meter and 12 meter kites and then june it will increase to 11 ish nine and then july august that's yeah that's the boom that's close to seven meters and nine meters the wind strength is so depends so in the beginning it's like around 15 then it goes up to 20 and in the end it's 25 to 30 knots that's uh yeah. more or less the wind range you have 
And yeah. you're open in from what months are you operating in Aceh? We open from the 1st of May, we open, but that is more that... Uh, Normally, the, the wind is not really reliable in May, like you said, like it's a hit or a miss. And, uh, and, and, and that you can see that also by the bookings, how more closer you come to like uh, July, August, that's other peaks. Uh, then, of course, the, the weather and the wind is also stronger. Uh, but yeah, May is uh, from the 1st of May till end of September, October, depending on the season. And then you move to the Philippines. Then I move. <laughs> yes. Then I move to the Philippines. Yes. <laughs> and after, after the Philippines, you go one month home to Holland. Yeah. Well, that 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 my mom wants that, but that doesn't work like it. <laughs> eat, eat a couple of herrings and then uh, off to Indonesia yes. again. Well, my friend, you have a good yeah. life. <laughs> I mean, as all destinations that are a little bit off the beaten track, it's prob it's not the easiest destinations to get there. Um, I always tell the listeners on the podcast that's a, a little bit of the price you have to pay that you are yeah. in a more secluded place. But um, tell us how is the best way to get or what are the options you have really getting yeah. getting to Mandarche? Because that's the airport you have to fly in, isn't it? That's right. So Bande Aceh um, is connected with uh, Kuala Lumpur. Uh, it takes about one hour and say 10 minutes or something, uh, one hour, 20 minutes uh, from Kuala Lumpur direct to Bande Aceh with AirAsia. Um, they fly every day and some days they fly twice a day. Um, so that's a, that's a good hub. Most airports come right uh, connecting from even from Amsterdam or from Germany or Europe or wherever they come to Kuala Lumpur. So that's an easy one. Uh, then the other one is Jakarta, which is also, you know, very, very good to go to. Then you have another one that uh, is uh, Medan you could go into mm -hmm. or Penang in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. And these uh, are connected. So Thailand, for instance, can go to Kuala Lumpur or you can go to Penang and then directly to us again. So basically uh, we are connected with Singapore as well. The most people from Singapore will take a boat to Batam and then di fly direct uh, in one hour to here. So we have a lot of people from Singapore who like this spot. Um, so actually you have fantastic connections to Archer because all the yeah. major airports, so Jakarta, um, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Singapore, you have to take... Um, yeah. Okay, Singapore, you have to take the boat over, which is about an hour or one and a half hours, and then you can fly in. Yeah, the boat is from Singapore. It's half an hour. Oh, it's only so half an hour. I was yeah, there, but I was there, but that's twenty years or twenty-five years ago. Oh, so probably the boat got a little <laughs> <Okay>. bit faster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the tuk-tuk. Engines, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, uh, the connections are actually pretty, pretty good. Actually, yeah, it's it's not bad. How is it with the baggage allowance on these Air Asia flights and? Does it make sense to bring you because you rent out stuff as well, don't you? Yeah, we rent out uh, gear. Uh, so um, it's for long haul flights. Then I would say for sure, you know, you can you can rent uh, because then you need to take, uh, say, for instance, for example, you go from Amsterdam to here. You, you go to fly first KLM, then you fly Air Asia and you do that four times basically to go back. That's quite a bit of a tricky what it will cost you. Um, now, for little flights like. Air Asia is actually pretty bad. Uh, no, not pretty bad. Pretty good. <laughs> it's um, it's a good one. And you pay about for a big board bag about around thirty dollars. Okay. 
do you also um, rent out wave boards or only twin tips? Yeah. No. Uh, our spot has a wave uh, in front of us. It has a left-hander. And um, give me a second, uh, Maurice, before you uh, continue, before you start talking about the spot. Yeah. So you rent out twin tips and wave boards as well on the um, on the spot. Yeah. So yeah, correct. If you want to, I think it's probably advisable to contact you in advance if you don't want to take your own equipment. That there is plenty of it available. But if you want, you don't need to take your own equipment at all. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. Maybe I can. I try to share my screen with you. You have the map now, don't you? You see the map in front yeah. of you. Good, yeah. excellent. Yeah. So, um, let's start where are which is your home spot actually, and that's where you're based. Is the pinpoint I put there? That's the one I found in Google Maps. Seabury Sky. Yeah. Okay. Seabury Sky Club. That's your home spot, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh, maybe you explain it again. I will edit the previous out. So it's both a flat water and a wave spot, isn't it? You can do both types of riding stuff. You can do stuff. both. Yeah, um, as you can see here on on the uh, you see here a dike, the gray area underneath the picture. Uh, to the right of uh, the dike is a flat water spot. There. Um, um, it's not flat, flat as like, for instance, Sri Lanka, uh, but it is, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's it's fair, fairly flat. And then if you go more upwards to the right again, uh, then you will have the wave coming, a left-hander, and then there's a channel, and then there's a peak. Now these two waves they work really brilliantly in the offshore season, which is then the surf season here, and many people come for this wave. Now, in the wind season, uh, when we have it, uh, the, the wave still holds up. It's not as clean, of course, as, as, uh, as in the offshore season, but it is still rideable for, say, four top turns, four bottom turns, and then you're out. Okay, excellent. And yeah. the size of the wave on average? Um, it's, it's normally always like, uh, like yeah, Overhead uh, to say one meter feet fifty two overhead. Okay, excellent. Something like that. Excellent yeah. knife weight. Well, for 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 top and bottom turns, that means it's quite a long wave, isn't it? Even in the in the in the yeah. windy season. Yeah, because it peaks, it barrels of an, it barrels in the offshore season, and and now it just rolls completely to towards to the right. So but yeah, it's not a reef underneath, isn't it? Yes, it is a reef. It's a reef. So do you have to be? Yeah. Is there a hazard because of the tides um, that you can only uh, surf it at, at high tides or it's it's deep enough that you can do it at any tides? Um, if uh, we instruct the people who come here always and then we say, okay, cool, you, you can ride it in, in deep water and high tide for sure always. Mm -hmm. In low tide, you can ride it, but you need to take care of like an imaginary line that we tell the people that they need to take care of when they drop in into the wave. Um, but like, um, where the, where the wave rolls out, it's deep enough for sure. Yeah. And the wind is coming side, side on, or what's the direction? It's cross on. Cross on. Cross. Yeah. It's a cross on wind. Uh, sometimes cross, uh, like, like, yeah, cross to side depends. Uh, but normally it's always like 90, uh, 80 to 90% is cross onshore. 
Are there any other hazards or dangers you have to be aware of on the spot? Uh, is there a current or that's not really an issue? Um, the thing is on the on the spot by itself. So when be, that's why the wave works, it has a current in between the uh, the two waves. Uh, basically, that's building up then the the wave, right? So the the thing is that uh, on on that spot there is where the more more experienced riders go. So people uh, who can handle the surfboards and twin tip well. Uh, self rescue easily, uh, etc. Um, then mm. on the other hand, if you go more towards the dike, uh, that's that's a flat water spot. That's no problem at all. And on the right, completely towards uh, where the where the bay is actually turning, uh, there is where we teach. Yeah, there's no current. Uh, it is uh, nice and flat. It doesn't have any wave. And uh, yeah, that's perfect for teaching there. I mean, there is a plethora of beaches here if you go further down south. But but tell me a little bit what what other what other beaches uh, would you recommend to go kite surfing? Uh, so our spot is is like where we teach normally, right? And uh, we have there a beach bar, we have you know Wi-Fi, we have hammocks, uh, food is delivered, so you don't need to go away from that spot. Um, so that's that's great. If you go more up to the north, uh, to the to there, there's not we we checked it, uh, but the wave is and the, and and uh, and it's it's too heavy. Uh, not the Lampuk one, but uh, that that what you're pointing out now, that's Lampuk. That yeah. one is too heavy, actually. Yeah. A Lampuk is too heavy. Uh, no, nah, Lampuk is not too heavy. It's the shore break that is very heavy there, and it works only when it is really onshore wind because it cannot uh, come in a curve. All right. And then it's extremely difficult to get out anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, so I would not advise that so much. Then there's another spot, basically a little bit more south, and it's called Black Sand Beach. And uh, that one is rideable as well. Uh, however, it's not that strong as what we have. It is not that strong as, as our spot. And uh, yeah, but it is, it's good to ride. Yeah, for sure. It is a little bit more onshore there, the wind. So when we have cross, they have a slight uh, onshore. And further down north? We checked the spots. Uh, at the moment, uh, there are, yeah. What you could do and what, what people have done is a downwind there. They make it from, from Black Sand Beach and then they would come out by us. And then a downwinder to us. Now, it is. It has done, and it has been done. Uh, but you need to be experienced to do this. Yeah, and it's not probably something you want to advise your students, don't you? No, not really. Be no, no. Because then you need yeah. to have a boat to go with yeah. them to check it out. Because uh, yeah, uh, for sure, there's no yeah. res there's no rescue service along that. Uh... No, no, it's pretty remote everything, and uh, that's why I'm sure if you. If you go all along down more south south, you will definitely find spots with wind. Uh, but um, we we checked it out for I think like uh, say 50, 60 kilometers or something down. <clears throat> but um, on the end, uh, yeah, we we have our clients as well, and then you know to to offer both uh, things and then drive 60 kilometers to the south. Yeah, mo most people stay in the camp. They 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 are pretty happy that because they're coming from. Uh, like I said, more from Singapore and stuff. They they have a pretty heavy workload. They 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 have time to relax. They they don't want to have the hassle. They just want to roll out of bed. They see that it's windy. They want to pump the kite, and uh, we we put the gear over to to the hut for them. 
from the accommodation out and then uh, they can kite and everything is provided and then they're pretty happy with it. How far away is it actually from Banda Ace by car? 20 kilometers or something like that? Yeah, yeah. You will drive. We have airport uh, transfers uh, all the time for the guests going and uh, they will drive about 20 minutes and then they hear 20, 30 minutes depending on the traffic. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. So actually, I guess most of your guests don't rent a car. They just uh, get transferred from the airport, come to your kite camp and then relax. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah, they they just basically literally having their own. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pick up, uh, come on the camp, pump the kite, get some food, uh, and yeah, go and ride. And basic, yeah, that's it. I guess Archie, Banda Arch is definitely also for food, etc. Worth a visit, isn't it? Um, Banda Arch has a lot of hidden. Yeah, gems, or how do you say that? Hidden gems, right? So you can go out for Bandeachi food. Uh, they have lovely, like, uh, beef rendang uh, or something like uh, Indonesian kitchen, which is actually really nice. And, yeah, I would definitely highly recommend go to Bandeachi, try the coffee, uh, because that's that's some something to what they, what they have as a trademark here. And, uh, yeah, of course, also the Tsunami Museum, of course, it's there uh, back in that time. And then after one day, you will have definitely, you have seen it. Most people, they only use that day to go to Banda Aceh if it is no wind, right? Then they will explore uh, Banda Aceh. Otherwise, they're on the beach and they you cannot pull them off the beach. How is the town, how's the town around where you are? It's small, but... It's very small. It's it's a little village. It's more like a farmer village. It's called Lokna. You, everybody knows each other, and everybody, uh, um, yeah, lives here and does his thing: farming and uh, rice and 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 fishing. And um, it's it's not something that uh, you want to go here if you are seeking a party place and yeah restaurants bars or anything like that if you're looking for that then this is definitely not your your place to go uh however on the other on the other side if you are looking for nature and and uh you know the the beauty of it uh kite surfing uh surfing supping um and exploring the region then definitely this is this is something to uh, to look for and for me, this is anecdotal evidence when I was there. Banda Aceh is um, probably the most predominantly Muslim part of Indonesia. And Indonesia was always a very moderate uh, Muslim country. How is it as a woman? Do you have to, your dress code, do you have to adapt to it? You know, I don't know anymore because it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. and, and secondary, I'm not a woman. So I, I, yeah, sure, I sure, really sure. can't judge that. Is is it is something you have to, um, as a woman, you have to... Take into to, look into to to look at it to take into consideration long sleeves and but if I look at my wife for instance uh, then then that's the best example um it it's the of course you just have a little bit when you land here a little bit respect for for the the culture um it's not that you're gonna wear uh, here in the streets uh, a bikini and then run around. That that is definitely not on. Uh, but uh, if you just cover your shoulder, you don't need to wear a hijab. You don't need to do all all of that. They're very friendly. It's it's a culture you just adapt a little bit. But on the beach where we are with the guy club, 
uh, there, yeah, we, we have bikinis, um, we drink a beer. Uh, so yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that strict as what people say. Sea life. Um, is there anything interesting to see, to spot? Well, the, the, the sea life by us at the sea is quite, uh, like because of the wind that has like, and not, it's not a place for like, uh, diving or something. Then I would say what people are actually quite, uh, uh, what we see the last year is that people are combining the trips with diving and kiting. So they go to Pulawe or vice versa, and they will combine kiting and diving. Pulawe is, uh, just North of Mandarchi, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little Island. It's about a 30 to 40 minute boat ride away. So people combine that. That's a pretty island. Uh, Pulawe is actually quite, uh, it has a lot of dive shops, um, and dive places. Um, we work normally together with, um, uh, Lumba Lumba. Well, work together. We send the clients to there if they would like to, uh, book a, a diving holiday. And, um, then when the wind is back, they, they will come back to us. Uh, so, um, yeah, it works pretty good. And the Island is pretty, pretty beautiful. And you have a nice marina life there. And because of the trade winds, I think also the wind is very predictable in advance, isn't it? You know, four or five days in advance if it's going to be windy on that day or not. Um, yes, sure. Like, like for instance, uh, for example, we had last year uh, the owner of uh, Hang Loss website. Uh, uh, Rob was here with the whole family. And... They had the first three days no wind. So we sent them to pull away and then I contact them and, okay, the wind is back and then they take the boat and then they had a perfect uh, holiday for about two, three weeks of kiting. Yes. So we will stay in contact with the guests. Okay. And in pull away, there are plenty of opportunities to stay as well to get a lodge yeah. or, or uh, find something on a short-term basis. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What other things, um, and I have to, ask, I mean, we can't talk about Sumatra without the orangutans. What other things mm-hmm. can you do in um, in when when there's no wind or you just want a day break from from kite surfing? From kite surfing now, well, uh, well, most people are then uh, go uh, surfing in the morning. There's still a beach break that works in the morning. That that will work now with the onshore wind. Uh, then uh, supping on the river. There's a beautiful river behind us that leads completely to uh, like a uh, cold water cave. Um, that is freezing cold water and, but it's beautiful. You see monkeys uh, through the trees. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty nice. That must be beautiful. Uh, because on the one side you have the, the woods and on the other side you have the, the f- little farmlands with the, the little village. That must be a beautiful little sub tour, what you can do. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. And and then um, a lot of people, they rent a scooter and then they go just completely south. And I really encourage that to do because when it is a sunny day, it's a, one of the most beautiful things that you see with the, with the color of the water. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful, really beautiful. That is definitely uh, some, some trip. And everybody who done it uh, came back and they were like uh, heaving about it. Uh, then uh, you can do a little walking trip if you would like to a guided walking trip you can go into the mountain to the you know to the north uh that is something that you could do as well and uh on a sunday uh there's all always here a lot of uh indonesian people going to the rivers and 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 just you know stay with the family have have like fish on the grill and um you can attend that 
so I mean these things are pretty nice. It's it's a bit also what you want to make out of the holiday. Uh, I mentioned the Oran Wutongs, but that's pretty far, isn't it, for uh, to yeah, get there? Because that's, that's f- uh, the the Oran Wutongs is about. You have to fly to Medan, yeah, and then take about a three and a hour bus ride yeah. to Bukit Lawang. Yeah, that's where I was, but that's uh, yeah. far. <laughs> yeah, that's forty minute flight, and then uh, where to stay and where to eat. You offer full accommodation as well. I saw on the website, isn't that that's correct, isn't it? Yeah. So you would advise people to stay with you, or is it a requirement, or can they, or? No, it's not a requirement. It's a uh, it's a guest house where we work with what we choose to work with. Um, it's um, it's been now for the last three years, uh, but it's not a requirement for every every budget uh, and also the concept of it. What we offer, we offer a full board, so that means that people are coming in. Uh, they don't need to worry about anything. The, you know, they they just arrive. They can kite. The lunch will be then provided on the beach, uh, so you don't need to get back to the guest house. You can if you wanted to, but it is only like a two-minute walk. Um, but the guest house has then three cottages uh, and then four standard rooms and four uh, deluxe rooms. But it, it's a, if you have a, a smaller budget, okay, then we will uh, put you in another uh, guest house, no problem. Uh, then we put them in a different guest house, uh, which is like almost like a stone throw away from uh, where we work with. And then uh, they they sort our meals themselves out, and um, uh, because the joining point will always be on the beach with uh, Series Sky Club, so we will be there uh, from in the morning, you know, 10 o'clock, and then uh, till yeah till the sun goes down. So wherever they come from in the in the village. It is the central hub will be always there, but the accommodation it is not necessary to book it directly or, you know, uh, with us. From a kite lessons perspective, you do beginners, uh, so um, yeah, you yep. beginners, beginners. Then you do advanced courses as well. Do you do wave riding courses as well yep. for people? Yes. Yeah, we have uh, from beginners. Uh, what we do is uh, we offer uh, private lessons and semi-private. So private that everybody knows is one-to-one. And uh, semi-private, we don't go higher than two uh, in a group because just we want to capture uh, the, the, the safety and also the quality of the lesson. And I think over two, it, it becomes a little bit uh, yeah, less quality. Let's put it that way. Then we offer refresher courses. That means like if somebody has done already something in the world and then, you know, you you want to extend uh, or you want to pick up where you left it, then we offer that um, as well. But the packages are mostly what people are uh, searching for. So like nine hours or 12 hours. And then um, after that, we started to do foiling. Uh, not not really the ideal place here to do foiling, but <laughs> it has always strong wind. But yeah, that's a new aspect. So the, uh, the the industry is moving, so you have to move along. Yeah, I tried to do it last year for the first time. I have, we have this like the school system from Slingshot, and so it uh, it has a lo- uh, lower uh, mast when you start. Uh, and it took me about I don't know one and a half hour to ride, but you go freaking fast. Everybody. Standing, everybody's standing on the beach and you have the kite flying and then you go and then even your hair doesn't even move, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you go freaking fast and everybody's thinking like, what, 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 a, 
why are we not going, right? Yeah. Uh, because they don't understand it. And especially the students don't understand it. They're like, oh, let's go, let's go. But you can't go because, right, that's too low. I should, I should try it probably as well. Uh, try what what mm. what equipment you have in in general sense or in a overall overview what type of equipment do you have on the spot uh we use switch guides since the last three years uh we had uh, in the beginning we had rd and nord and now we last three years we have switch and uh, we have cabrina boards and uh, also um, uh, crazy fly boards and uh, surfboards in various ones yeah the foil but but mostly we use switch guides yes and then harnesses uh, mystic all of them uh, we have helmets uh, you know booties uh, life jackets do you have a boat as well on the on the spot or not uh, we do have a boat in uh, banda Aceh, of, uh, in banda Aceh. we have it laying on the river uh, if it is needed but uh, yeah so long we didn't need so so that's a good thing <laughs> but it's cross on shore wind also right there is an easy rescue. Um, it is a yeah, sand beach right. all the way down, so it's not you don't have any risk that you get blown on the rock somewhere. Before, I wanted to ask you about the two other spots shortly in the Philippines that mm -hmm. we make the listeners aware of that. Is there anything you would like to add about Aceh, which I forgot to ask? Aceh can also work in the opposite season. We are looking into that also. We tried it a year. I know that uh, the other opposite uh, spot will work, but you need to drive about 20 minutes with the scooter from uh, the spot where we are to Olile, basically where the boat is uh, going, towards Pulawe, almost, uh, almost that same direction. And that's flat water, and uh, it's good wind. And you can stand anywhere. But that's... That's the monsoon trades, isn't it? Or what? How do you call them? The winter winter monsoon or something, is it? Uh, yeah. But then the wind has to come from the north, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and then again, it's it's not as pretty as our spot what we have in like in in the season what we have now. It's beautiful when you stand on the beach and you just look at the water. It's blue. It's like turquoise, and 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 you have yeah a wave in front of you. You have wind. Uh, you have a beach bar and there on the other spot uh, you don't have anything right so you need to go there and then you need to pump your kite and uh, so it's a bit more remote uh, however it is still possible yes on the other end you already have two other destinations which uh, which probably work and let's get to them uh, probably work in those months as well aren't they because in the philippines uh, that would be the more or less the same season when the wind starts blowing from the north in Archie, isn't it? The Philippines, uh, it's called the Amihan wind. Um, that starts from the 1st of November till end of March. And we started two years ago in Chiagao. And Chiagao is famous for Cloud 9, the wave. Uh, maybe you heard of it? Yes. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you been there? No, I've never been there, but it's uh, pretty famous. But it's already a little bit busy, isn't it? Or <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, we started uh, two years ago, and uh, now it's... <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, it's doing its boom almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so uh, that's why we started uh, Bantanyan this year. We start with a new one, and it's called Bantanyan Island. And that's a bounty island. You have not seen something like that. Are you, when you say starting, did you start already, or are you going, this is going to be your first season? Mm, Bantanyan is going to be our new baby, and that's going to open in the 1st of November this year. Okay. And. Yeah. Okay, I will, of course, make a reference to it. But what I wanted to ask you, when you completed your first season, so that's going to be in March or something, uh, I think. That's going to be March, April. April? Yeah. 
that yeah. we maybe have uh, uh, another uh, little podcast episode in May next sure, year. Sure, And we course. can talk about your experience and how the first season in, in Bantanyan went. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, because I think that would be also, because it's that I looked at that I don't know. And I think most of my listeners don't know it. No, they don't. Because no. it's an off the, it's also off the beaten track. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that would make a very interesting podcast episode if we could talk about it. Yeah, that. cool. Looking forward. Okay. Definitely. Sure. All right, Maurice. Um, before we end the interview, where is the best place where people can find you? I will, of course, include all your contact details, website, Facebook, Twitter, whatever mm -hmm. you have in, in the show notes. Some people can look it up there. But what's the best best place to get informed Say, uh, uh, it's website? through the yeah through the website www.seabreezeskyclub.com and uh, then you have the option to either the, the, the destinations where you would like to go uh, and then there's a form directly guiding you to you know whatever you would like lessons rentals or just uh, coming for fun or say hello yes and, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's all cool okay no worries all right maurice then Thank you very much for uh, sharing this information. It was very interesting for me. I learned a lot. Uh, I hope the listeners do as well. Me. Yeah, and being so generous with your time. And um, yeah, I hope that we can catch up then in May again and, and hear, about, May, your, yeah, hear sure. about, your awesome. about your experience in the Philippines and how it went and what your experiences were. Yeah, Yeah. cool. I'm looking forward to that. All right, Maurice. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks very much. And het gaat je goed. Goedjes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you well. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly did. Arche, another place on the bucket list to visit as soon as possible. By the time this podcast comes out, um, the episode is released. I will be on a nice holiday. Kite surfing, I'm really looking forward. So the next episode, I'm not going to take my laptop. The next episode is going to be in a couple of weeks. So talk to you then. Take care.